Daily Dub. Everything is covered in ice. I literally I feel like the chickmunk from Ice Age is out there looking for his acorn. I think he might be, man. And I don't understand because I thought I lived in a, you know, four seasons kind of place. This is a very rough winter for everybody, but whatever. It's all good. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Daily Dubs podcast. We are your hosts, Pastors Lem and Elizabeth Woodson, and we're so glad that you are joining us today. Listen, we got a great episode for you. We're going to be talking about purebred, purebred, being pure bread, man. It's going to be a great episode. But listen, before we get into it, make sure you rate, review, subscribe and do all that stuff. We really appreciate you listening. Share this with somebody who has not heard it and also turn on your notifications so you never miss an episode. Trust me, this podcast will change your life. That's right. It'll change your life, man. It'll change your life if you let it. So put the notifications on. All right. Stop finding out about new episodes every once in a while. So, hey, we're going to get into this, but we got a good top three. How was your Valentine's Day, baby? Tell me straight up. Valentine's Day was the best I've ever had in my life. I spent it with the coolest 80 people of my life. Can I say that on here in this world that we live in? Whatever. You know what? Screw that. I spent it with the funnest 80 people. I know funnest is not even a word. Funnest is a word. It is a word. This is our podcast. Say what you want. There was a backflip. There was there was sweat everywhere. There was a backflip. I thought he under-rotated on the backflip and I was nervous mid-flip, but he pulled it through, man. Big ups to the- There was some good outfits too. There was. I felt like I was in the room with celebrities. Yeah, man. It was an amazing night and it was good food. Good food. Very good food. Shout out D. Felici's Deli and where is that? Bridgeville? Cecil? Cecil. Something like that. Ah, it's right on the border. We'll call it Cecil. But yeah, it was a great night, man. Very great night. We spent it with some great people. Yeah, it was a night to remember. It was an epic night for us. It we spent literally all day at church. And it was so good. It didn't feel like all day, though. No. It felt, it felt like, you know, just a couple hours. The anticipation hours, of the night event was yeah. so good. Oh, yeah. I was ready. It was very fun. Very fun, man. If you missed it, well, you missed it. But if you did not, you know what we're talking about in... Good times, man. Good times. So, and if all right. you miss it, you know what? There's going to be another event. We throw these all the time. Yeah, we throw so. these all the time. Get yourself on board with what we're doing here, man. You know, stop missing out. So, look, before we get into this episode, let's do another top three. What did we say we were going to do this top three on? Top three things that you learned in high school that were a complete waste of time. That you realize now were a complete waste of time. Or you might have known then. You may have known then. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool. Well, shoot, that changes everything. I thought it was what I realized now. Man, I can pretty much just chalk it up to everything but like a few things. I know, you know? but there were My certain goodness. ones that you, as an adult now, hate the fact that you can't get those man hours back. Yeah, you're right. You lost that. You're right, but it was time that you had to spend... You know, under 18. You got to go to school. I mean, but I didn't have to get good grades, yo. You did. No, I didn't. You did. It prepared you. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Well, what's your top three? My top three would be uh, that class I took on CAD and like engineering stuff. In you could totally design a house system. for us right like, now. Like, no. Negative. No? Uh, two, pottery. Okay, there's never been a desire in my body to throw some clay on a wheel and mm, make a pot. I can see that. Never. But I if actually, we needed some pots, I know who I'm going to. I actually hated that class. Oh I goodness. used to show up to class late. Yo, we got some of your pottery, though. We still in have fact, some. In fact, I distinctly remember getting my hair braided through a pottery class. <laughs> I know. I oh was so goodness. disruptive. And last but not least... Uh, woodworking was awful. Oh my god. I had to build this little car and like race it and stuff and I just mm. couldn't understand the purpose of it. Even then, I think I was in eighth grade when I did that. You said high school. Oh, true. No. You know what? 
Yeah, I was in eighth grade, so that doesn't count. So I'll say the other one I learned in high school that I definitely think was a complete waste of time is I memorized so much Shakespeare for no reason. Yeah, that's definitely a waste of time. Absolute waste of time. That and you know what? It's still stored in my brain. I can't even take that out. Yeah, it's you're right. There. Yeah, you should have revolted against that. That one I agree. I would say the same thing. So I would say English class, it wasn't a waste of time, but the books they made me read, man. The stuff they made me read, and I never read them. I would fake read them because I'm just like. You did the cliff notes. There's something about me where when you give me homework, I won't do it. I would say mathematics only because. All of mathematics? Well, all, I would say mainly like the calculus, the trig, and the algebra. I would say those maths. Hmm. I could use them now, and I see how I could use them now and apply them. But since I didn't pay attention then, waste of time. Okay. You know, I could be using them, but it's on me. It's not on them. It's on me. <laughs> it's on me. I could have definitely used those. And then the last thing I would say was gym class. Gym class was a total waste of time. I was already in shape. I was in the best shape of my life. <laughs> I was already in shape. Like, why am I running around doing gym class? Gym class was a waste of my time, but it's only because where I went to school, you did nothing. It was a social mm. hour. Yeah. yeah. Which for I, you, was, I was okay with. But for you people, it was good. But I'm like, I was an athlete. I mean, I played basketball year round. So it was like, I'm doing this after school anyway. What's the only the thing point? I hated every year we had to run that mile. I'm mm -hmm. like, what is this about? Yeah. I used to crush like, the mile. I used to crush it. I was in shape. I was like, I'm crushing this mile. This is stupid. I used to walk the mile. My I'm goodness. like, I'm not trying out for anything. I, I feel know. like there's something weird going on here. Yeah, it was a waste of time for everybody when you put it like that. Because people were either going hard during gym class, which meant they were already in shape, or they weren't going hard at all, which meant this is a waste of time. Yeah. If you want to walk the mile. Half the time, I wouldn't even fully change into my gym. See? Okay. There you go. Yeah, PE, man, total waste I would throw some sweatpants over my jeans and just put <laughs> Yeah. Be like, I changed out. <laughs> my gym teacher would be like, okay, I'll give you credit. Gym class <laughs> in my school was always, it was always on and popping for like the first three weeks and then it would just fizzle out like I can't ever remember more about gym class like it would just fizzle it would fizzle I felt like gym like PE lasted like three weeks every year like the first three weeks and then they're like all right you pass PE and it would just like it would fade into obscurity <laughs> PE was like a uh, like a daycare hour for me in high school yeah it was like a the study teachers hall. didn't do anything right you just kind of sat around on yeah. the floor and there was the gung-ho kids that actually played volleyball or basketball or yeah you know did things yeah. but most of the people I'd say like 80% of the people did nothing just sat around who wants to get murk just who wants to get like all nasty and dirty in the middle of the day yeah and not be able right. to like fully shower it doesn't that. make any sense like I might as well come to school dirty because I'm like I got PE third period I'm just gonna come dirty get clean but that was never the case ah well well hey leave it in the comments man what is your top three things that you either think now or you've looked back and realized later this was a total waste of time in my high school years. So getting right to it, look, the way we came up with this episode was I was talking to some guys and uh, we're in this group chat and it's like the 18th group chat we've made for this group of guys, <laughs> all right? Like we got to find a better way. Apple and Android, they need to coexist so that every time you add somebody to a group chat, you don't need to make a whole new group yes, chat. Yes, their you know? rivalry is ruining our lives. My goodness. And like you can never end the old one. So there's just the litany of old group chats all in my phone, whatever. So we're going in this group chat, and uh, I was like, you know what? Well, if this is another group chat, I'm going to change my name in a group chat. So I put in there, I was like, look, y'all can call me Pablo P, a.k.a. Pablo Purebred, a.k.a. That's way too many. Pablo P, <laughs> a.k.a. Pablo Purebred, a.k.a. P Purebred. That was, that was like, you could call me any of those things. And the guy started laughing. I was like, look, this is my rapper name. You know, Pablo Purebred is my rapper name. And they're like, why? 
And then another guy was like, man, I remember why. You should tell everybody why, because it was part of a sermon that we did. And I was like, all right, I'll explain it. And he was like, yo, you should do a Daily Dubs episode on it. So here we are. We're talking about being purebred, and we're talking about what it means. Now, is purebred as in like a play on the word, because, you know, purebred means like pedigree, stuff like that, like your lineage. You know, if you get a purebred pit bull, it's 100% pit bull. Yeah. You know, or a purebred like horse, it's 100% whatever that horse is. It, it's actually what it was intended to be. Like, exactly. Like not mixed with anything else. Not mangled and, yeah. That changes the nature of what it's supposed to be. That's exactly. purebred. Exactly. So that's where it was derived from because I'm like, you know, the Bible says, see, here's the thing. We could actually call this, we could actually call this episode How to Stop Sinning. You know, or how to live like Jesus, or why am I still sinning, or why doesn't my life look like Jesus? Because truly, it comes down to a matter of identity. That's what the whole purebred thing is about. It's about who we've become, because the Bible says all things have become new. You know what I mean? It says we're born of an incorruptible seed. It's a spiritual seed. We're born like God. So a lot of people, they don't know this stuff, man. They don't know that we are truly different people, and we have the same spiritual makeup as Jesus Christ. Right. You know, so if... Jesus couldn't sin, we can't sin. If Jesus walked in power, we walk in power. Who he is, is who we are, right? It says, as he is, so are we. So our pedigree is completely different. Yeah. Before Christ, I was, I was weak. Before Christ, I, I used to fall into temptation all the time. Before Christ, I could not do the things of God nor accomplish his will. And that's all of us. But once we become new creations in Christ, everything changes and now our, our our DNA, our pedigree, call it what you will, but we're pure bread before God, you know? Yeah. We're, we're no longer like a little bit of us, a little bit of sin, a little bit of us, a little bit of the world, a little bit of strength, a little bit of weakness. It's, nah, man, we're pure bread. Our pedigree is different. We look like God. God's our father. So we're pure bread. So yeah. that's where the concept came from. And it's, a, it's, an, it's, it's the concept that it's brand new. It's not being rehabbed and yeah. refurbished. It's not like, you know, God is recycling you. No, he's exactly. just he's making you all brand new. Right. Right. Into himself. And I think that that's the misconception a lot of people have in Christianity is God is recycling who I am. He's changing me from he's he's like making me better. He's not making you better, he's making you new. Exactly. There's a difference. Exactly. Right. There's a whole new shoot. We talk about it all the time. We're not like us 2.0 or 3.0 or us new and improved it's no we're just us new and this misconception is a lot of a lot of times why people won't even come to church or won't even consider being a christian Straight up. because they're like i'm working on myself if i can get myself like halfway then god can finish the rest right or like god you know i gotta be a good person in general and then god will make me better right like no what you don't realize is that there's no work required because god's just gonna chuck the whole thing out anyway because exactly. yeah. no part of you could ever be that good like Exactly. You can't do it. If you could do it without God, then why would we even talk about God? Then why would we even need him? Right. So the whole concept of purebred, it comes down to a being. You know what I mean? It comes down to who we are, who we have become, not so much in what we're doing. So it's a it's a double part thing because the way we spell it is pure, P-U-R-E, and then bread, instead of just being B-R-E-D, it's bread like the bread you eat. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's a play on words. It's pure and it's bread. So we're going to explain what purebred means and how you can be purebred too at the end of this i promise if you just listen to the whole thing you'll change your last name your rapper name to purebred too because you'll be like yo that's who i am because we all have a rapper name we all have a rapper name you know what i mean and my rap our rapper name is like our last name and our rapper name is who we are we're purebred we're purebred so read in first corinthians where it talks about it and to give a little bit of backstory so okay if you so know, listen 
Talk about the <laughs> talk about the Passover and stuff first, though. What? Yeah, because they need to know what like unleavened bread and the significance. You know. Okay, what I mean? then you can do that. Okay, so if you're new <laughs> to Christianity, you have no idea what we're talking about. Look, this we'll just break it down really quickly. So, Jesus is the unleavened bread. Unleavened bread, as in there's no yeast in it. It's pure in its essence. So when God instilled the first Passover, he told them, you have to eat the unleavened bread. It's like organic versus GMO. It's flatbread. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but I'm saying like, if bread. you're thinking in like, like name and terms today. Exactly. If you're It's thinking organic about, versus right. lame. It's organic. Like there's no additives. There's no sin in it. There's nothing impure about this It's absolutely this bread. the way that it was supposed to be. Exactly. So God told them, look, I'm instilling the first Passover. This is when God was taking the Israelites out of Egypt. He told Moses, hey, put in place the Passover. Have them eat the lamb and have them eat unleavened bread for seven days. So the unleavened bread represents no impurities, no sin. So, okay, so read 1 Corinthians. What is it? Five, so something? 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Okay, and we're going to start in verse 6, but you have to understand verse 5 is talking about immorality, immorality because that stuff defiles the church. Right. So in verse 6 he says... Your glory, your glorying is not good. Do not wait. Hold on, I'll go to number seven. Sorry, verse number seven says, "Therefore, purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed, Christ, our Passover, has sacrificed was sacrificed for us." Yes. So, so it says, "Get rid of the old leaven." Yes. That's not even who you are. It not says, even who you are. Truly, like the truth. Yeah. Is you are unleavened. Yeah. All the way. Yep. yep. So it's saying like get rid of all of the additives. Yeah. That have changed your nature because mm-hmm. that's what GMOs actually do to things. Exactly. And become the organic thing that you actually are. That you actually are. Because when we were talking about this, we actually had a lengthy discussion before we started recording this podcast. It's such a heavy topic and so many people go around in circles, man, cuz they just don't get it and it sucks that they don't understand because it's truly the essence of who you are, who God has made you. So Knowing that God has made us completely new. You know, the Bible says that we're holy, we're blameless, we're righteous before him, we're brand new, we don't have a spot, we don't have a wrinkle. So when we get caught up in sin, and we get caught up in weakness, and we get caught up in all these things, and we wonder, man, I'm trying to be a Christian, but how come I keep falling into temptation? Or how come I still feel like I want to sin? Or how come I still feel weak? The answer is found in who we are. Yeah. That's it. Because he said, you truly are unleavened. But he also told them, purge out the old leaven because you are truly unleavened. So like example is having a cracker, like having a saltine cracker that's trying to make itself a hostess Twinkie. Yeah. It can't happen. Yeah. Can it try? Yeah. Can it add leaven to it? Yeah. Yes. You and can if, add a bunch of things to it to try to make it seem like it is. But in the end, it's still a saltine It's cracker. still a saltine cracker. And if it used to be a Twinkie, we used to be Twinkies. This is the craziest example ever. But we used to be Twinkies, right? We used to be leavened. We used to be birthday cake. Mm-hmm. We used to be white bread, okay? Or wheat bread or rye because we got a little bit of complexion. But we used to be these breads that had all of these things in it. And God made us new. And now... We are a communion wafer, a saltine cracker. We're pita bread. We're unleavened. There's no lump in us. And if you if you take it back even to the example of the the GMO and the like, you're not even allowed to write organic on the label if there's any amount of additives that are 
man-made, mm-hmm. which I love that example because what God made you is what you have organically been made to be. Exactly. The only thing that can be leavened that is added to your life is all man-made. It's all man-made. There, It's all lies that have been attached to you by Thank the you. world and the wickedness that has come into your life. It's not who you actually are. Right. The way that God made you in the womb is completely unleavened, organic right. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. So the fact that you've allowed yourself to be labeled as all of these other, like, genetically modified things. That's the problem. That's the problem. That's and the you problem. still believe that that's who you are. Right. That's the problem. It's a saltine cracker hanging with the Twinkies, hanging with the dessert breads, thinking this is who I am. But that's not who you are. You Who you are is who God says you are. So if God says you've been redeemed, you've been washed clean, you've been made new, All the sin that was in you has been purged out. You know, everything that made you plump, everything that made you rise and be this unleavened bread, God has taken it away. And all that remains is the pureness that God always intended. But if we don't accept that and we continue to live like a Twinkie, we continue to live like a loaf of bread, we continue to live differently. And by live differently, I mean consider ourselves differently yeah. right we, we continue to identify as what we used to be yeah that's why we have these issues and it's such a big deal i know that you're listening to this and be like oh well what's the big deal if i don't actually know who i am yet i'm still trying to figure it out listen who you are will impact the if the the impact you have on other people right. it will impact the way you affect them yep. because if you eat something organic the result of that is totally different than if you eat something genetically modified. Yeah. It has a totally different effect mm-hmm. on the person receiving it. So yeah. you are on this earth to reflect the image of God and to, you know, whether you have purpose and to, to do something on this mm-hmm. planet. But if you go around with a false identity, the effect you have on the world is totally different. It's perverted. It's, it's messed yep. up. Yep. It's, it's to- not going to be the healthy, right. nutritional value that God intended you to be. You're mm-hmm. the right kind of bread. Yeah. And there's so many repercussions to that. You know, the person who made you, the bread baker, doesn't get the glory that he's looking for. The purpose isn't accomplished in why you were made. So we have to know, I'm telling you, this is such a simple concept, but it's sometimes so hard to understand because it's a changing of a mindset. Well, I think it's also simple, but it's offensive. It is. Because the gospel is like the only religion on the planet that we all start from the same start line. Mm-hmm. You know, every other religion, there there, there are like uh, qualifications and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know right. what I mean? That You you know, rules right. you got to keep. Some you people have, have an easier do time, it. you know, doing it. Some people have a fi- better financial background, have mm-hmm. started off at a different position. So they're more capable of being successful in the religion. Christianity, everyone starts off at the same start line. Right, brand new. And sometimes that's, that's offensive because yeah. you're like, okay, I've definitely lived a better life than that guy on the street. Mm -hmm. So there has to be more. And then you complicate it because you're like, no, there's a process for sure. And, and, and I'm better off because mm-hmm. you, you just want to be feel better about yourself. Right. So then you complicate things. But it's actually very simple. We're all at the same start line. We all like, used to suck. Mm-hmm. And now we can be better. We that's can it. be different. Solely by the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes. And that's why I love that he said he is our sacrifice. Right. He is the one who took our place, washed us clean. And now because of what he did... I'm brand new. Yeah, you're not truly because unleavened. of anything I did, yeah. not because of anything I will do, but because of him. Now I am. And we even have the ability, like he said, to purge out the old leaven, to purge out those old things that we are still identifying with and that we think, listen, if you are a Christian and you've given your life to Jesus Christ and he is your Lord, he is your savior. You've been washed clean by the blood. Everything that's 
in your life that doesn't look like Jesus is totally under your control to get rid of. Oh my gosh, yes. It's totally under your control to get rid of because we have to know who we are. It's like he said, you are unleavened. That means you're pure. That means you're holy. That means you're not contaminated. That means just as Jesus is unleavened, so are you. So everything that looks like a little bit of leaven in our lives, even if it tries to show up, we can just get rid of it. We can just say that's not who I am. Yeah, because what you believe about yourself will like completely like fuel how you behave. Right. The Bible says it. It says, as a man thinks, so is he. So God's trying to change our minds by telling us who we are and showing us who he sees us as in the spirit so that we can act accordingly. We can only act accordingly to who we are. We can't do to become, but since we have become, now we do. That's what the main problem is. It's always going to be a lack of proper perspective in identity based off of how we see ourselves, based off of what we learned about Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's a super simple gospel. I mean, it's not complicated. I mean, you're probably listening to us and you're like, that's a lot of Christianese or that's a really deep. No, it's simple. It's simple. God says you're new, so therefore therefore you're new. new. And if you don't understand how it's possible that God could say you're new, so therefore you're new, because a lot of people don't like that either. What do you mean just because he said it, that means it's so, and I don't have to do anything. Don't ask us. And don't fight the word of God. Ask God, God, show me. Give me revelation of who you are. Show me why when you say something that settles it. Show me how you've made me new. Show me how my past life no longer has any bearing on me. Show me how. You know, say to God, show me how. Show me how me seeing more of you will make me become more like you. And as I become more like you, I will naturally do more of what you do. Yes, and absolutely take his advice on that right now because Christianity is not the kind of religion that you were meant to just hear. The Bible says that if you taste and see, you will know that the Lord is good. So that means that he actually has made a way for you to taste and see for yourself. For yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the, hold on, we got more verses, yo, because we're backing all this up with the Bible, man, because really pure bread is who you are. Pure bread is who you are. And if you don't see yourself as that, we need to change that today. I'm telling you, this podcast will change your life. What's the next verse? It's First Peter, right? Yeah. And it says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Okay. Okay. Be sober uh-huh. and rest your hope full fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. Stop right there. Conforming yourself to the former lust as in your ignorance is exactly what we just read in 1 Corinthians. Yeah, because you only gave into those things and you only applied those labels to yourself because you were ignorant of yeah. who you were actually you didn't know. in reality. You didn't know that you're already purebred. You could have been trying to become it. You could have been trying to purge the leaven yourself without the power of Jesus Christ. You could have been trying to do things to make yourself pure bread when and God I, says you already are because I think of the that's sacrifice. Actually one of, you know, I, I love that our icebreaker was wasteful things you learned because I feel like I find so many Christians who are still working to make themselves pure. And I'm like, yo, he said you were pure. Right. What part of that did you not believe? You're still like still fighting trying. something to become something that you already are. Right, right. Rest. It says you rest. It says you rest in him. Mm-hmm. You rest in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes. Keep reading it. Read the whole thing. Uh, so it says, not conforming in, not conforming yourself to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Like before understanding the whole I do because of who I am, 
gonna be completely honest. When I heard that and when I learned it, I was coming out of religion. I was coming out of sin, and what it made me think was, okay, God said, "Be holy, for I just as I am holy." So I was like, okay, I gotta try to be holy. I gotta try to be holy. I gotta do things, and I have to think differently. I have to do everything I can to avoid what's dirty and to love what's clean. And I gotta make sure that I. Because it's all on me. Yeah. I have to do this and I have to be on my best behavior. I have to be holy because if I don't do it, then that's not who I am. But when we just understand that when God says it, it's accomplished. You know, think about this. God is the creator of everything. He's who made you. He's who made all that we can see and that we can't see. All right. He's the author and finisher of our faith. God is in control. If God says, be anything, just like Jesus. Jesus walked around the earth, and what did he do? He said, be healed, and people were healed, right? He yeah. said, let there be light, and there was light. Yeah. So if God says in his word, be holy, he's commanding us not to try to be holy, but he's speaking us into holiness. Yeah, and that's why it's, uh, it starts off with a revelation of Jesus Christ because without you understanding who he is, what he's done, and how you can become him, then you can never achieve holiness. Yes. You're just going to be in on a like a hamster wheel for the rest of your life. Exactly. Just trying to work and yes. work and work. And I, I, I love it because in, you know he continues to say, like, Yo, you guys got to get out of religion and tradition and all these other things because it's, it's wasteful. It's wasting it's your aimless. time. It's aimless. Yes. It's wasting our times. If he said, let there be light and there was light, he said, let you be holy. Let them be holy. I'm going to send my son so that if they believe in them, if they believe in my son and they, they accept him as their Lord, their Savior, if they believe in the perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ and become Christians, all right, putting their faith in him, therefore, let them be holy. Yeah. That's it. And we are holy, which is unleavened, which yeah. is pure bread. That's why everything we do is purging from our mind everything that would tell us the opposite. I'm not going to let those thoughts stay in my mind that I'm weak, that I'm going to fall into temptation, that I can't accomplish the will of God, that I'm not the will of God, that I'm not perfect and blameless before him. Those things can't stay because he told me, you are holy, be holy. And you have to think about, okay, so if he told me that I'm one with him and I have to be holy because he's holy, because mm -hmm. it says be holy as I am holy. Exactly. So he was there reminding us of the oneness that we have. Right. And I tell the teens all the time, you know, when I'm counseling them, if it doesn't apply to Jesus, then it can't apply to you. Exactly. Because then you're allowing there to be a false reality of separation in mm -hmm. your Christian walk. Right. So you either are one with Christ and you'll defend that to the end, mm -hmm. or you will allow separation to come in and lie to you and say well you're insecure and you can't do this and you're still a christian and you're like right. i mean well god can do it all and jesus is great but like i'm insecure but I'm and in, i can't yeah. do it. well How then that separates that you from god and Th you can't like, profess christianity and oneness with god and you know talk about the separation it would be the worst reality ever for god to say Watch me do it. Okay, now you go ahead and do it. And if you mess it up, you're going to hell. That's that, Seriously, that's what a lot of people think. They think Jesus just came as like the, the prototype or to show us how to do it. And now it's up to us to accomplish it. He came and showed us how to do it. But then, like you said, he also said, all right, now, if my words are in you and you abide in me, we're going to be one and I'm going to come live in you. And we're just going to continue more of what you've already seen. Yeah. So if he who called us out of darkness into his light, if he who called us into eternal life, if he who called us to be one with him is holy, yeah. then we are holy. 
Yeah. So it's like act accordingly. He's pretty much saying if you're one with Christ, act accordingly. Just like First Corinthians, where he was like, look, act accordingly. Get those old thoughts out of your mind. Stop thinking like you used to be. You are truly unleavened. Yeah. So really, God sees you being holy because you've given your life to him. And he sees you struggling with the problems of unholiness and unrighteousness. And he's just like, why? Yeah. Why are you struggling? Yeah. Like when he asked Peter when he fell into the water, he was like, yo, how'd you doubt? How did you doubt? <laughs> like he, he wasn't, I was floating. He wasn't mad. He was just like, for real though, like how? Yeah. How did you doubt? Like I'm standing on the water. You're standing on the water. You're only standing on the water because I told you to come out on the water. I never said now sink. Yeah. So how are you? how are you sinking? And it's because we get involved and start to rely on ourselves. And Jesus never even disappeared. He was on the scene the entire time. He was time. on the scene. He's like, yo, man, if you could, if you can believe me to pull you out of sinking while I'm standing on it, yeah. why did you sink to begin with? Yep. If the wind and the, wind and the waves were blowing and I was still standing, then you just know like, man, if he could stand on the water and the wind and the waves, so can I. But yeah. when we disconnect ourselves, like you said, just when we stop thinking about us as one, you know, if he can, so can I, because as he is, so am I, then that's where we get tripped up and we start to do things out of our character and out of our nature. And that really only happens in a place of uh, you, where your relationship, there's been a breakdown in your relationship mm -hmm. with Christ. Because like, you know, in the, in the example of Peter, there was a breakdown in their connection because he took his eyes off of him. Right. And so you have to make sure that you stay connected yep. to the relationship that you have with Christ because in him is everything you need to be holy, to exactly. be him. How can you be him and live out the things that he's lived if you disconnect from him at any point in your it's time? It's impossible. It can't be like a part-time relationship with God or you know, a, a casual approach to a relationship with God. It has to be full-fledged, I'm in, you and I are together in this, and then exactly. everything else is a byproduct of something that you forged with him. Right, exactly, man. Okay, so we talked about that, and to go even deeper, let's, do, uh, let's go to Romans, yo. Romans 12. Okay, Romans so 12 too. Romans 12 says... Our daughters are like playing tag upstairs. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, that what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. More of what we just said. Don't conform to the world. So don't give in to what the world's saying. But if you are transformed in your mind, because he's like, yo, it's not an issue of you being or not being. It's an issue of who you believe that you are. In your mind, yeah. In your mind. So he's told us who we are, but he's like, but you can't let the world's identity of you and who the world says you are be who you conform to. You got to conform to what the will, of, to what who God says you are. So be transformed by giving in to God. You know, Romans, uh, what is it? It's 8, Romans 8, 29, it even says it. What does it say? Because it says we're to be conformed to Christ. 829 says, those happen to be the two pages that are welded together in my Bible. I don't know why. You can't weld paper. I don't know why. Anyways, maybe I should have taken that class. 829, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. There you go. So we've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. And like... I love the word conformed in the two different chapters because he's like, yo, don't conform to the world, conform to Christ. If you're going to give in to something, give in to who God says you are. Yeah. 
Don't give in to who the world says you are. Give in to who God says you are. Because if you give in to who God says you are in the image of Christ, then you're transformed. Yep. You know, so it's like, yo, just give in to the word. God says you're holy, you're holy. And it's so good because I, I love this part because at our church, we always say you've been set up you know, in this life to be a champion. And it's just so good because it says you've been predestined you've to been be predestined, conformed to yo. this image. Yeah. So he's already set everything yep. up. He's got resources for mm-hmm. you. He's got a body of believers that will yep. stand with you. He's given you so many tools you can use. You've mm-hmm. got the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Like he's literally set it all up for yep. you. The reason why you're still unaccepting it or you're still not walking in it is because you have decided to stay in your old mindset yep that's it you can't accept the truth the truth is hard to swallow the truth is somewhat offendable yeah and the truth is is a it's a leveling playing field it's it's crazy we all get back you know the bible says that we become babies and yeah. we strive for the pure milk that will then grow us into full-grown mature christians exactly but you know it's offendable to be like man i'm grown or i think i'm grown or i think i know the world and i have an understanding of reality in life and now you're telling me i don't know anything that everything i've known is wrong it's true though yes it's true yes that's the way the bible says he says look you got to come to me like a little kid man it's a total recall we say it all the time it's it's starting from scratch it's reformatting the entire hard drive so that Christ can now begin to say, to say, this is who you are. Yeah. It's having a memory But the good wipe. news is, is that he's there the whole way. He's, he's the never whole way. like, you know, he's not a sink or swim kind of guy. Right. He's not going to throw you into a pool and expect you to just learn how to swim. Mm-hmm. He's going to start you in the kiddie pool. Exactly. He's going to dip your feet in a couple times. He's going to splash the water in your face, see good, how you Joe. react. He's a good father and he will shepherd you through it until you get to where you need to be. Yep. Yep. So that's. That's the that's the essence behind purebred. You know what I mean? Because really, we have to see ourselves as God says who we are. That's right. If we don't see ourselves the way God says we are, that's the problem. That's the problem. If there's any problems, you know, one of the one of our favorite. Well, I can't say our because I can't. One of my favorite. One of my <laughs> favorite sermons. It's R. W. Shamback, and he preached a sermon called "You'll Have More Problems. You Just Need More Faith." I love it because it's like you don't have any problems. You just need to know, you need a deeper revelation of Jesus Christ. Yep. You need a deeper revelation of what he did on the cross, who he says you are, who he is. We just need a deeper revelation of God. Yeah. Because we don't have, he wouldn't leave us here with problems. He would leave us here with the opportunity to get to know him more so that we can realize everything I need, I have in him. Yeah. I mean, every problem is just an opportunity for you to know God more in that exactly. in that revelation of whatever it is that you're going through yep he's everything we need so if anything looks like an uphill battle or a problem or man why can't i stop sinning why can't i get ahead in life why can't i have victory why am i still like i feel like i'm still being bound to these things meanwhile the bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed you know he says you're more than conquerors and it's that simple man he says if, the, if Christ before us, who can be against us? He says, there's no weapon formed against us that can prosper. All of these things God never says, and sometimes we'll lose. Yep. He never says, and sometimes you'll sin and just fall into temptation because, you know, you're like that and you're not perfect. I'm perfect, but you're not perfect. It doesn't even say that he's going to leave us. It, do, it, it exactly. doesn't say that he, you know, I'm going to leave you alone for a couple months to see how you do. Yep. And then I'm going to come back and judge you. He doesn't say that. The Bible says he'll never leave us or forsake us. Exactly. That's, that's You can take that to the bank. Take it to the bank, man. So before we get out of here, we're going to give you, because like I said, it's spelled B-R-E-A-D, and it's because of unleaven, 
because of our pedigree, we've been made unleavened. We are pure bread. But there's a second part, okay? Because the second part is it comes from the Old Testament, and it's when Moses sent out the spies to go spy out the land, and they came back. And if you don't know the story, just get a Bible and turn to, what is it? It's uh, Numbers chapter 14. So they were about to go into the promised land. The spies went out. They came back. Only two of them had a good report. Ten of them had a bad report. But one of them, his name was Joshua, he said this, and this is the second, like, what is it? What do you call that? The second, like, spin the on? The coin, the, yeah. The, yeah, the twist. The second, like, uh, meaning, uh -huh. you know, behind the name. So it says, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. They spoke to all the congregation of children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Verse 9, Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. So it's like, we are pure bread. And because we are this pure bread, this pure unleavened bread, everything that comes against us is just bread for us. That's the second part. Yeah. All the tricks of the enemy, every single demon, every single devil, every single sin, all the weakness that we used to have before we were redeemed and all of these things, anything that would try to raise his hand up against us, it's just bread for us. Yeah, and that's uh, that got that goes back to my point where I was like, every single thing that comes against you is just an opportunity for you to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ. Exactly. It makes you stronger. Yep. It's like it's like the villain in uh, one of the movies, I think it was Spider-Man or something I was watching with my kid, but it said like, keep him away from metal because every time it touches metal, it just gets bigger and stronger. Right. Every time the enemy comes against you, it just feeds your relationship with Christ because it should put you in a place where you want to be closer to him, mm -hmm. where you want to seek his knowledge more, exactly. seek his will, seek his comfort. And it actually pushes you towards God more. So exactly. you end up becoming stronger, greater. Yep. It feeds you. It's mm -hmm. bread. It's bread, man. Shoot, Romans, we just read Romans 8, 29, but Romans 8, 28, it says, all things work together for yeah. the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So it's just bread for us. It's going to yeah. make me stronger. I'm going to get a meal out of every single thing. Listen, look at temptation. Look at hardships. Look at your faith battles. Look at all of these things that would try and tell you that the truth of Jesus Christ is not the truth. Look at all of the opposition that you face in your life as bread. Just look at it as bread, because if God said it, it's going to happen. Just like they said to the other spies who were like, look, we can't go into the land. We can't take it over because we are not able and they are stronger than us. And Joshua and Caleb, what did they say? They said, look, if the Lord delights in us, it's our land. Yeah. He already said it's our land. We went to spy out the land he promised to give us. So it may look like a battle and it may look like we might not be able to do it. But if God said it, that settles it. And it's know? even spiritual bread because I, I know people keep like uh, gratitude journals and stuff. I like to, you know, write down and think back to all the victories that I've won with God because it feeds me spiritual. I'm ever feeling hungry mm -hmm. and down in the spirit, like my, my spiritual blood sugar's down and I'm about <laughs> to pass out. I pull out that, that journal and I'm like, you brought me through this and I've seen you champion yep. that. And I've had this victory. And, and then I'm like, I'm so full right now. I feel like I could run through a brick wall. Run through I'm a brick spiritually wall, fed. I got the bread in yep. me because I know what he's done. Yep. Yep. Man shall not live off bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That's our bread. Everything. 
that comes out of every word that comes out of his mouth. And he calls you holy. He calls you righteous. He calls you blameless. Hold on to him. Let's pray out a blessing before we go. Father, thank you that we are truly unleavened. Thank you that who you said we are, who you say we are, is who we are, Father. Thank you that we have the ability to purge out every lie of the enemy that may try to attach itself to who we are and who you've called us to be, and that just as you are holy, so are we, Father. For you said, be holy as you are holy. So we are holy. We are righteous. We are completely new, washed clean by the blood of your son. And we stand before you boldly, Father. So we thank you that as you are, so are we. And we thank you that we have total oneness with you, never to be separated. In Jesus' name, amen. So thanks so much for tuning in, man. We'll catch up with you on the next episode. And until then, never forget, God loves you. And so do we. Peace. Daily Dubs.